Welcome back to the podcast. Apply your inspired incompetence listening cream now. How's everybody doing? I think I applied too much cream. Uh oh. (laughs) I lubed up in all the wrong places. I hear hear everything. (laughs) Okay. So, last time we left off with you guys, we finally made it. You've been hearing about Tumbaha motherfucking mountain ever since you got to Yoli's Pond. Uh, we're finally here. And just like just about every big dungeon we've done in Tyrant's Grasp, there's just a big old bouncer waiting outside for you. Yep. This bouncer is a an incomplete Tsitsi Meadle. He's one rude dude because he's about to... Uh, He's about to do a whale the banshee on everybody. I remember not being particularly happy about that. What does that do? Are we gonna find out? Oh well, yeah. I mean, I've been I've been kind of stressing about this all week because like look, I love a good cliffhanger. And I love, you know, these like big flashy consequence bringing spells. But then I was like this is our first combat since we brought in a new character. Oh, and right. This spell could potentially kill everybody, except our genus because he's out of range. <laughs> Ex- that's true. Our genus will carry on. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. All right, our, go to that last our, part. Our genus can reassemble the Phrasma Four. Oh my god! Don't you Just as- do it. He's <laughs> the new casting call manager. <laughs> Alright, so Whale of the Banshee is a ninth level spell. Oh my god. Uh, it's a big ol' AoE, 40 foot radius spread. All targets uh, take 10 points of damage per caster level. I mean, just the fact that it has ninth level spells means it's gonna have like at least 17 or 18 caster levels. So you, f- you fail, you're taking 170 damage at least. Now, there's a few gates that we have to get through, because it's it's not just automatic damage. That would be bonkers. So first of all, this is a necromancy spell. So TC Meadle has to make a caster level check versus everybody's spell resistance versus necromancy. All right, so he's got to roll separately for Uhtred, Valbar, and Thalias. Now, one thing to note, Thalias, as a reanimated medium, has a special ability where if he dies from hit point damage, his soul lingers for one round, and basically any healing spell functions like Breath of Life. So, I don't know who is equipped with that. Maybe just shove some potions down his throat. Even if he's at, like, negative 40 health? Yeah. If If you can heal him back up above that threshold of death in one round, he will not die. Oh, shit. That's a good thing he's got those uh, three talismans. <laughs> oh, holy shit, yeah. <laughs> the, the kid fucking saw the lines in, in advance. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we're going to do Uhtred first. Good luck, everybody. We have SR 26. He's got to be here. And doesn't he take a penalty against spell resistance, or is it just his spell resistance is reduced? Because he's getting evil-eyed by you. Yep, is his yep. caster level checks taking a penalty? I believe it is. I actually wrote it. Minus three to will saves, reflex saves, attack, 
damage, spell DCs, and SR. So his spell resistance is lowered. His caster level is not lowered for overcoming our spell resistance. Okay. But the DC that we have to make is three lower. Yeah. Right. So that's something. And I believe it's a fortitude save if we get if he gets past the spell resistance. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the target spell resistance for you guys again? 26. We're 15th level. Uhtred? 25. hey My luck holds true. <laughs> All right. Let's do Valbar. 21. Yeah, baby. All right. Let's save all the good rolls for Thalias. <laughs> <laughs> and Thalias. Maybe he's in one of his grooves where he can only roll low. Natural 20. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But does it beat 25? Yes. Uh, his caster level is higher than four. <laughs> ah. All right. So, Thalias, let's get a fortitude save. Ugh, I don't want now, to. remember, Joe, you have a four-leaf clover where you can add a plus four to this. Oh, the lucky horseshoe is the plus four. Or That's what I meant, yeah. Well, let's definitely do that. I don't know if you had any hero points or anything. Well, well, also the hero points and the clo and the horseshoe do not stack because they're both luck bonuses. I don't see any hero points. You think I would uh, definitely write those down? Let's use the clover and pray. You mean the horseshoe? That it's enough. Yes, the horseshoe. The one that the one that works. <laughs> well, the, they both work, but the horseshoe you can like I think it's three per day. You can give yourself a plus four. The horseshoe is once per day, but a higher bonus. The clover is three times per day, but only a plus two. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fortitude, you say? Fortitude. Come on. Oh, that's about as good as I can do. Holy moly. 39. Oh, yowza. All right. So this thing just lets out this uh, almighty shriek. You guys can see, like, the sound wave uh, just, like, rippling over the ground and, like, sending, like, chunks of of dirt and debris flying and like the two pillars that this thing is standing in between they like chips of the pillars just kind of come flying off and everybody is unaffected wow high fives holy shit all right well up next is thelias yell back at him yeah a little (laughs) fusarada right in his face now there was some z-axis going on here yeah, the TC Meadle is 20 feet in the air, but I don't remember. I remember Uhtred flew at it and attacked, so he's about level with it. I believe Thalias is as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And so we thought that invisibility didn't work on it, or we know that invisibility didn't work. We're pretty sure invisibility did nothing. It seems okay. to be behaving uh, as if invisibility is not affecting it. Now, does that generally mean that um, mirror images don't work? I know a lot of the time. Not necessarily. Like, if, if it's just got, like, see invisibility, then mirrors would still work against it. Right. But if it's got true seeing, then both would not work. But you don't know. Okay. Ugh, this is messy. Generally speaking, the best plan is to just beat the living tar out of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna try and beat it up really good. Is there a flanking position I can get into? You'd have to you'd have to you know, fly all the way around and get on the other side of it from where Uhtred is. Or it would probably cost you an attack of opportunity, but if you 
put yourself on like the southern side and then Uhtred put himself on the northern side, that would work too. But but you can't do that in a five foot step, so you would lose your full. Okay, well, let's just five foot fly and full attack. All right. I'm hasted, which is great. Yep. And time for shovels. Okay. This may be good. 43. Yep, that will definitely hit. Proceed. How much damage is he taking from that first hit? 32 and one acid. All right. All right. Still up. Champion attack? I get all of these attacks, right? You're not going to um, tell me I don't get like some of them? Yeah, you're good. Like you usually do? Yeah, I do love doing that, <laughs> but yeah, you're good. Champion attack is a 27. 27 will not hit. All right. Well, then I guess my hasted attack won't hit, which was 27. Correct. But attack number two was 37. You got it. That's 34 damage and three acid. But wait, there's more. Attack number three, 32 to hit. 32 hits. Yes. 28 damage and four acid. The acid's just been building this whole time. <laughs> each each of those hits that you connected with, you felt a, about half of the physical damage got absorbed by DR. Yeah, it's because that fucker uh, Tia Blith isn't around to give me a plus eight weapon or whatever he used to do. It was awesome. <laughs> Being this guy, rolling all kinds of d6s along. It was like 2d6 <laughs> every attack. Yeah. yeah. That jerk. Just rolled what? Five attacks? <laughs> like 10d6? Are you kidding me? Yeah, Come an, back, Diablin. What an asshole getting his heart ripped out like that. <laughs> I Un- know. Unbelievable. Okay, I'm done. All right. Um, Valbar. I'm going to try to use Command Undead. Oh. All right. It's exciting. Um, see, this works as the, works as the feat using my mesmerist level as my cleric level. As a standard action, I can use one of my uses per day to enslave undead within 30 feet. It gets a will save to negate the effect. DC is 10 plus half level plus charisma modifier. So that is 25. Undead that fail their save fall under my control, obeying their obeying my commands to the best of their ability. Um, is this this is an intelligent undead, right? I seem to recall you saying it had a pretty high intelligence score, so yes. presumably. Um, so it would receive a new saving throw each day to resist my command. Um, I can control any number of undead so long as their total hit dice do not exceed my level. Oh, that could be a problem. <laughs> okay, so scratch that. Cannot. I, uh, Are you telling me you would have you would have had him in your control like for the rest of the day? Like we go about our merry way and, like, <laughs> as long as it failed its will. If you failed the will save, failed the yeah, will save. <laughs> oh my god! Apparently, I have a thing about taking Alex's toys away. <laughs> <laughs> Except that does yeah, it does yeah. seem familiar. This one just didn't. This one I, I just couldn't do, unfortunately. Okay. I mean, who knows? It might have only twelve hit dice. It isn't complete. Yeah, but it also casts ninth level spells, so I'm going to err on the side of it being able to have more than that. So I will just take a five-foot step forward, and I will whip this guy a few times. You must whip it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, first attack is a 29 to hit. 29 will not hit. All right, how about a 39 from the hasted attack? 39 will hit. Okay, so that is 
eight slashing damage, four bane damage, and I'm going to activate the painful stare. <laughs> so you get the bane. I see how it is. <laughs> oh, wait for this one. And the painful stare activates, dealing an additional 24 points of damage. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> what the fuck right, is going so on? So that's 12 plus 24. I was looking at the... <laughs> I was looking at the damage. I was just like, "That's not like Matt." And then I looked down at sixty-six. That's Matt. <laughs> he, he's also not playing a class that's really meant to do direct damage. Yeah, like Ladian's never doing damage more for the crown, but just waiting for mm-hmm. you guys to and adding on that way. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's basically Valbar's thing. Like, he's got the painful stare, which is a plus ten for other people, which. That's great, but I'd much rather do the 66 plus 7 for myself when I can. Right. So, yeah, it's a total of 36 damage from that hit. Uh, the ne- next attack is a 37 to hit. That'll hit. All right, and that is just 18 damage between slashing and the bane. Okay. And the last attack is a miss with an 18. All right. He seems pretty frustrated. Arginus. Uh, so... Arginus is going to take a five foot... Actually, you know what? He's going to move about 15 feet away um, Mm -hmm. to the uh, east. And then he's going to have line of sight. So he's going to do disintegrate. All right. Can't remember if he was affected by disintegrate or not. Well, disintegrate is... You just have to overcome its... Yeah, you just have to overcome its spell resistance. Okay. You gotta hit it first. Yeah, ranged attack. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Bet you couldn't hit the broad side of a tzitzi needle. <laughs> and that's a 25 touch attack. That'll touch. All right. And then he needs to give a fortitude save. You need to give me caster level versus spell resistance. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> I will not fuck off. <laughs> 25. 29. Tom, did you buy a kimono? No. So if you look at the roll, it's you rolled a 10. You got a plus 15 for your caster level. And then that spell penetration bonus of 4 listed there. It just doesn't calculate it in there because uh, that's not the only thing that a caster level check is used oh, for. Oh, right. and you know what else I'm going to do? I'm going to flip over three cards. No, stop. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do it. We're going to do You're going to break your streak of actually using your not using your hair. <laughs> right? <laughs> wow. Special I'm excited episode. to learn what this does. So Me is Tom. Too. I bet Tom is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm super curious about what it's about to do. Oh, shoot. I actually need to know what the uh, individual. <laughs> I've, I got to pull up. So flip over three cards All and. Right. Uh, the tyrant. All right. I need to know. We need the uh, alignment and the suit. It's the crown. That's uh, charisma. And it's in the bottom left corner, so... That's uh, lawful evil. Lawful evil. Uh, We have the king, or the big sky, and then it is uh, top right, so chaotic good. Yep. Oh, it's a hammer. The strength. And then uh, bottom center... That's neutral evil. evil. Uh, neutral evil, yep. Uh, and it's hammer. So strength. What is the card? The beating. <laughs> ah. All right, so we got one charisma, two strength, a lawful evil, chaotic good, and neutral evil. And our genus is 
chaotic good. So that counts as two strength, three strength. So yeah. So the chaotic good strength card counts double. So that's a total of three strength and one charisma. Yeah. So for the tower of strength, your spell is going to deal plus one point of damage per die. So because you got that three times, that's plus three oh damage per dice roll. <laughs> oh my god. Whoa. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> and the charisma allows him because he got one of those that increases the DC of the spell by one. Oh, that's wow. huge. That's sick. No one no wonder you haven't been using this. This is garbage. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> you know everything you've been struggling with for a book and a half. <laughs> All right. So, I owe you a fortitude save. Uh, yeah, uh. At a minus 3. Uh, no. <laughs> Fortitude is the one save I don't affect. Oh, oh, I got him now. All right, here comes Fortitude. 25. Oh, 27. God. No, all right. Oh, I feel a little bit better about that. Uh, 24, so yeah, beats it. All right, well, that's still 5d6 plus, five, uh, plus 15. 15? <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's so good. <laughs> I mean, it's random, so like the fact that you got that like is the it could take it could take you like you know 10 more combats to get it to line up like that again but like that's so good that's 35 okay 35 on what's this ostensibly a 5d6 damage roll is really good yeah yeah because yeah. uh, uh, uh. the max is 30 out <laughs> of 5d6 yeah Oh, that's so fun. I'm going to keep on doing that. I'm actually going to use my character now. <laughs> what, what kind of economy did that cost you? Was it cost me nothing. It's, it's the same top. action as casting the spell, but you can only do it a certain number of times per day. Yeah, yeah number of times equal to his class level, which is his harrower level. Which is 15? Nine. No. Yeah, it's uh, seven. Uh, or eight. I think eight it's eight at this level. point. Yeah. Still, that's pretty, pretty nifty. God. Nope. All right. Uh, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I think as far as like action economy or you know whatnot, it all it really does is it adds a I think a material component or a somatic component. Yes. If it if the spell didn't already have it, but that eff effectively doesn't really change much. Yeah, it doesn't affect the casting time, and yeah, and the the only limit is how many times per day you can use it, which is eight. Yeah, I imagine our genus like he's like casting the spell and he like has the deck of harrow cards in one hand. He just kind of like with his thumb just kind of like f f f like draws the top three cards and they like float in the air for a second. Uh, they like hover over his head. It's like a fucking Yu-Gi-Oh duel yeah. and like they light up and it's like makes these crazy glyphs and the disintegrate spell like just crackles on. Yeah, our genus uh, is just like the the entire time I. <laughs> uh, I've been building towards it. I just haven't used it yet. <laughs> the the one time you could have actually impressed Tiablith with your Harrow deck. <laughs> <laughs> he never does it. Don't worry. I'm visiting his grave later. I'll uh, tell him all about yeah. it. <laughs> okay. All right. Up next is Uhtred. Um, I'm going to take a five-foot step. Okay. Get in range and take a full attack. Short, simple. It's a 38 on a crit threat with a okay. confirmation of 58. 
Go fuck yourself, Nick. <laughs> Confirmation roll of 58. I'm done. And the best the best part is that can go too high. Holy god. Confirmation roll of 60. The fuck out of here. So <laughs> stupid. Yeah, that confirms. Uh, I'm going to add on to that with decapitate. Okay. You could draw you the, draw three more I, arrow cards. I'm going to do that. <laughs> All right. All right, while you're drawing the cards, the crit card, these uh, you have a chill touch active, right? Chill touch, yeah. All right, so the slashing crit is a gut slash, double damage, and 1d4 bleed, which does not apply. Um, and the uh, magic crit is called splash spell, normal damage, and then half damage to all adjacent targets. Oh, do that one. Right. Hey, <laughs> I'm an adjacent <laughs> target. Don't do that. Looks like just double damage. All right. All right. Um, I do have Bane. And Flaming Burst from your feet. <laughs> Real quick, Tom, what are those cards? Oh, like? dude. I drew the uh, the big sky again, so uh, that's top right. Hammer. After reshuffling the after entire reshuffling deck, it, you drew big sky. After reshuffling it, drew that again. I then got... Um, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll have Matt shuffle them uh, each time now. Uh... <laughs> The Teamster, which is the shield in the center, so true neutral. That's con constitution. And then I got the star top right corner, so... Um, it's wisdom. Okay, wisdom has no effect yet because that's a ninth level ability to unlock. Constitution, uh, for each card that you draw for that, you heal 1d6 damage, but I don't think you've taken any damage. <laughs> These cards are so useful. Yeah. But... You got the, uh, was that strength with the, yep, yep, that lined up? So that's, that's two. So that's 46 plus eight. That's 26 damage. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this is so fun. <laughs> All right. So 26 added on to Uhtred's crit, which is what? A D10 and a D6. Yes. 21 slashing damage with. Five bane damage, and then um, eleven fire damage. And because this is a crit on an undead, this bypasses all DR. Does it bypass fire resistance or immunity? No. Why? I don't think it would. That's not DR, is it? Nope. No. So I, I yeah, I think I'm pretty sure it specifically calls out DR against crits on um, against undead. Wow. Utrid steps up and he uh he takes that swing and uh what was the crit card like gut slice or gut something slash, yeah gut slash and he like like a piñata this thing is like partially opened it's like kind of it's it's got less skin attaching its upper body to its lower body than not <laughs> but it is still up but it looks like it's hanging on the edge. Is there candy inside that we can see, or? <laughs> yeah, uh, dig in. <laughs> what else do we got for Uhtred's full attack? Uh, not, not good. Uh, uh oh. 23, 18, and 24. I don't think any of those are gonna get through. Oh, those are three misses. Yep. I front loaded. CC Needle's turn. Yeah, with a fucking 58 to confirm. Yeah, I, I front loaded. All right. Yeah, this thing uh, looks looks very frustrated and like just 
outraged. It's kind of like it takes its arms and kind of like almost like it's like hoisting its pants up. It like grabs its lower body and kind of like like just holds its lower body in place where it should be. Then it takes a five foot step northwest and it teleports. Uh, what? Freaking thing. You look around, you don't see it. Well, go on, Arginus. Teleport after it. <laughs> you gonna let it out teleport you like that? I don't know where it went. <laughs> Up next is Thalias. Well, I don't know where it went. Um, I don't really have a good idea what to do. I will hold my action, and if it returns, I'm gonna bonk it on the nose. All right. And then it was Valbar's turn. Wait, 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 wait. Do we know how many times it can use that uh, scary scream? You do not. Maybe just in case, I'm going to fly up a ways. That'll give me a better vantage point, and uh, just in case it decides to come do that again. We're not standing and holding each other's dicks waiting to get blasted. That's a decent idea. How high up do you fly? I'll fly up 60 feet. All right. Um, do I see anything up there? Well, I'll reveal the top of the pyramid to you guys. Oh, that'll be nice. Yeah. Oh, I mean, it's a giant D two in the middle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You see, you see, you see D two painted like graffiti on top of the pyramid. Uh, someone's a big fan of that movie and here in uh, Zopatl. <laughs> um. Yeah, so the, you see at the top of the pyramid, which it like kind of... Uh, There's like a big hole in it. Yeah, uh, so the, the steps are coming up in, from all cardinal directions, from the ground up to the top. And then there's a like a 60 to 70 foot long space where it like evens out. It's just like a big like rooftop almost. And then like right in the center of that, you see a large hole. Uh, and the hole itself is like 30, 35 feet across, which looks like a pretty decent uh, entry point into the pyramid. But you do not see the Tsitsi Needle anywhere. Okay. All right, Valbar. Uh, Valbar will just kind of start walking towards the uh, towards the pyramid. He'll take a double move just uh, towards the uh, towards climbing the pyramid steps towards the summit. Uh, Arginus. Arginus is definitely going to uh, wait until this thing pops up. Uh, so he's gonna hold his turn. Okay. And Utrid. I think I'm gonna fly 30 feet towards the steps and 60 feet up in the air. Okay. It's been a full round since the Tsitsi Meadle teleported away and no sign of it. Now, we're fairly confident that it didn't teleport inside the temple because it has, like, an anti-teleport, The right? Yes. Especially against evil creatures. Yeah, the, the pyramid uh, cannot be teleported into or out of. Even with, like, Dimension Door. Like, even short-range teleportation didn't work. That is correct. All right, so with that, we're going to exit combat for now. And what do you guys do? Uh, I guess I roll up to the top of this pyramid with... Uh... Valbar and uh, the rest of the gang. Arginus, you follow or do you continue uh, like bracing in case the thing comes back? Uh, yeah, I activate my shoes, uh, my boots of flying, and uh, I fly up there. I'm not trying to be <laughs> on my own here. <laughs> yeah, I just found out what my pyramid. cards do. <laughs> <laughs> 
He made it one combat with using his cards. <laughs> All right. Uh, so my mistake about it being like a 60 foot wide uh, open space on top here. Um, these things that kind of look like brackets on the map uh, are actually a thing. Um, so you get up there and a stone building stands upon the flat top of this pyramid. A wide doorway stands in each of the building's four walls, and a large hole in the floor of the building's interior allows access into the pyramid below. Uh, how does it provide access exactly, besides being a hole that it looks like you could fall through? Yeah, mostly gravity is the vehicle okay. with which you would uh, traverse I mean, this hole. <laughs> I mean, we're flying, so it's not an issue, but there's not, like, stairs or anything for normal Correct. people who would be... Yeah, it doesn't seem like that was, like, a part of the pyramid's initial, like, design plan. Okay, gotcha. Um, I guess I'll float over it and take a look-see down. Do I see anything? So you look down, and a wide walkway encircles a large opening that leads to a larger chamber below. A great withered tree extends from the floor far below through the opening and rises just through the broken ceiling above. So basically, you see this like looks kind of like a like a broken up line boxing this tree in. That's actually an opening into a another chamber below that and this tree is growing from that lower chamber up through this opening and then it's like this walkway Around. The way that description was, I almost thought the tree was the tip of the tree was sticking up through the opening where we are at the top. Right. Yeah. Uh, it is a little uh, a little weird how it's worded. Um, so yeah, uh, backing up for a second, uh, just through the broken ceiling above, uh, the tree's dry, brittle branches reach out and meld with the stone, which seems to be the only thing that keeps the dead tree standing. A hallway extends out from each corner of the walkway into rooms beyond. Alcoves in the northern and southern walls hold staircases that lead to the floor below. You don't see a dragon or really anything. Anyone. Well, we have a job to do, do we not? I guess, yeah. Before we go down, uh, uh, Uhtred, you have like a cape uh, that's like lit up, right? Yep. It's got uh, a 10-foot radius of light. Uh, I'm going to better that and make it a daylight spell. Do you cast daylight on Uhtred's cloak? Yep. Okay. I mean, if he's going to flaunt it like throughout this entire cave, might as well. <laughs> like, Yeah, he's he's really embracing his whole keeper of the light. Nice. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought of that like last time, but it just... We didn't really discuss like what we bought. So yeah. it never really came up, but yeah, he he uh, the cape that he bought is just constantly admitting light in a ten foot radius. Love that for him. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Valbar, uh, he, he says that like uh, we have a job to do, right? And before everyone can even finish agreeing, he just kind of steps off the ledge and plummets down to the ground. God, fuck you! Uh, if the you... last guy that did this in the group, <laughs> you summoned a goddamn <laughs> dragon. <laughs> All right, Elias follows. How far down is it? The ceilings inside the pyramid are 20 feet high, so I'd say it's a 20-foot drop, maybe 25 feet from the the rooftop above down onto the floor. Oh, all right. That's nothing. Um, Valbar um, 
is not flying, but he has the oh. boots of the cat. Oh, mm-hmm. right. So I take I take a minimum damage from any fall and always land on my feet. Nice. All right, so you take two points of damage. Uh, wouldn't it be one because the first ten feet would be wiped out for being an intentional fall? Yes, you are correct. And uh, everybody follows with yep. slightly less style. <laughs> uh, speak for yourself. I personally am doing the Homelander, like, float down very ginger and gently. Murder all the innocent people. Well, <laughs> Classic Homelander. That, that's not out of line for Uhtred. <laughs> yeah, Uhtred descends into Tumbaha Mountain like a beacon of light. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you've got a uh, big old tree right in the center of the room. Uh, north and south look like they lead to staircases that go down. And then in each of the four corners, northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest, uh, there seem to be rooms. Rooms first? Uh, yeah. Seems good to me. Yeah. All right. To the... Oh, Valbar is going to recast Heightened Senses. Ah, uh, yes. Okay. Heightened Awareness. Uh, did I cast... Uh, resistance last energy resistance last week. No, no, yeah, I think so. No, 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 we did not. Did we just talk about it? I thought we talked a lot about resistance we, last week. We talked a lot about it and ended up not casting it yet. Ah, because like he has to use four spell slots for it. Yeah, um, I'm good to use it now. Uh, honestly, it'll last two and a half hours. Yeah. All right, so Arginus casts Resist Energy four times. Any specific element that you're keying that to? Which one were we thinking? Acid? Yeah. Acid is what the breath weapon for the dragon should do. Yeah, yep. Nessie uh, is a black dragon with an acid weapon, so we'll do uh, acid. All right, you guys are resistant to acid. Uh, at this level, I think it's 30. Resist 30 against acid? Yes. All right. So uh, then Valbar steps up to the northwestern room. Mm-hmm. Thalias follows tentatively, but courageously, of course. Of course. A large stone table stands in the center of this room, with a stone chair at either end. A pair of stone tablets rests on the table, each covered with writing that glows with a dim light. A large mirror hangs from the center of the north wall, reflecting the table and its tablets. The corpses of several warriors wearing torn jaguar pelts over damaged armor lie scattered about the room. A doorway in the southeast wall leads out of this room, where you're standing, with intricate characters carved into the wall above its lintel. Uh, let's, uh, see what happened in here. What are these tablets that they're looking at? Oh, also, while we're walking in here, Valbar's gonna cast Sea Invisibility on himself. Okay. Nice. Ten minutes per level. Might as well just do it in uh, do it pre- preparationally, and make up words in the process. <laughs> if we got a little time here, I need to use a uh, pearl to re-prepare my chill touch. Before uh, before we go anywhere, I am gonna lay down. Can I do that right now? Um, this is no time for a rest, Arginus. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna cast uh, my. Uh, uh, my scrying spell. Arcane Eye? No. Nope. Uh, symbol of scrying. Ah. Uh, I would like to place a symbol of scrying down. 
so that way I could see if that um, if that thing follows us. So I believe a ten minute cast. It is. Sure is. Yes or no? Do you want to do it? Do you want to do it? Oh, I mean, do we have ten minutes that we can? I mean, at this exact moment, we seem not to be under an immediate threat. All right. Um. Yeah. I. Uh, I start going about the preparations. Um, and where are you putting the symbol? On the Kumar. On the tree itself. Yeah, that's uh, kind of skated over that, but yes, this large tree in the center. Uh, you can't be totally sure, but it seems fairly likely that this is the Kumaru tree. There, there's what two magical trees in Timbaha Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> There's only the one. <laughs> Quick, Arginus, vandalize it with your scrying spell. Exactly. <laughs> Their most sacred piece of nature. How, I mean, it's dead. How about a little detect magic? Yeah. Are you detecting magic on the tree or in the room where you went in? Uh, both, but yeah. I'll start in the room that I'm in, but then take a look at the tree with I'll, it. I'll detect outside by the tree. Valbar, the tablets on the table are emitting a magical aura. Uh, you can give me a spellcraft check for them. Do I have spellcraft? I do not have spellcraft on this character. I like. Don't worry. <laughs> Trusty Thalias has Holy it. shit. There's magic over there. I don't know. Nice. Um, all right. Uh, Uhtred, you, uh, you are not detecting a magical aura coming off of the Kumaru tree. Um, but as you, uh, as you kind of focus your uh, like magical sight on the tree, uh, you do get this, like, tingling feeling under your skin. While the tree is clearly dead and it's not magical, like, there's this subconscious connection that you can feel to it. I walk up and I touch it. I put my palm on it. Shouldn't we have people like our genus doing that? (laughs) (laughs) Just in case something goes wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, you go. You go touch the Kumaru uh, branch of the Kumaru tree. No, I touch the trunk of it. Okay. Um, the this entire room that you're in, uh, it it fills with this like rustly whisper, like the sound of wind through trees. And for just a brief moment, you can like just you can see the entire tree just kind of like quiver slightly like there is a wind in here but even though you can't feel one it only lasts for a second and even like then the whispers just like die down but like yeah you touch it and there's just this very real reaction for just a brief moment and then it's gone so what I'm hearing is it's not fully dead it's just mostly dead yeah and mostly dead is slightly <laughs> <Yes>. alive <laughs> proud of you <laughs> So whatever way that we're going, that's the way that I want the uh, symbol to be facing. You don't need it to be facing anywhere. It's basically once, if something comes within range of the symbol, okay, you can just start like it, like a scrying sensor activates and you get like a full 360. It's not like a, like a security camera. It's a little bit more. Uh, it's like a 360 robust. security. Camera. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you HD. Got it. The ones on the ceiling. <laughs> Okay, uh, so while well, our genus is still doing that, but Valbar says that there's some magic going on in the room that he just went in. Yeah, I totally 20 spellcraft. I mean, not a natural 20. 
Oh, what? Okay. A 20 nonetheless. Huh. That's that's enough to identify these as uh, codexes of conversations. Oh. Now, these are slightly different versions since they are stone tablets. I'm going to read like the full item description. It's going to differ a little bit because it's a book normally. Um, at first glance, this book appears to be a nondescript volume filled with blank pages of ordinary paper, though it might instead contain recorded conversations, see below. By speaking the proper command word, the owner can cause the exterior of the tome to appear exactly like another book, changing its size, shape, and color so as to be an exact duplicate of the specified title. Once activated in this manner, the Codex of Conversations begins recording any verbal communication that occurs within 20 feet of it, inscribing the words upon its pages in whatever language they are uttered. If the language being spoken has no written form, the inscription occurs phonetically in whatever language the book's activator specifies. Additionally, the activator can utter an additional command word to cause the tablet the, to cause the text to be recorded in an encoded form that they specify. Repeating the second command word decodes the script. The codex can detect and differentiate voices, inscribing each conversationalist's words in a different color of ink up to a total of eight colors. The book doesn't uh, attribute names to these voices, though the reader might be able to determine who they are through context. If the book hears more than eight different voices, it reuses the eight colors as evenly as possible. Two inscriptions with the same color ink could thus be the words of different people. The book continues to record conversations until another command word is spoken or until all 200 pages are full. Each page holds up to 300 words or about two minutes of conversation. A user might bring the book openly to a meeting in order to accurately record all that is said or attempt to surreptitiously slip a codex of conversations into a target's library, replacing a seldom used volume with the magical one in the hope of gathering vital information unnoticed. When a codex of conversations is deactivated, it returns to its true nondescript form, but the words it has inscribed remain intact for as long as the user wishes to keep them. Another command word causes the recorded conversations to disappear from the pages of the book, resetting it to be used again. The codex can't record anything other than the spoken word, so it can't inscribe musical notes if a song is sung. It can record verbal components to spells, but the resultant verbiage is not magical and can't be used to cast the spell or be read as a scroll. It can inscribe command words to other magical items when the words are uttered aloud. And that is what a codex of conversations is. These stone tablets are just that, um, but they can't duplicate other books, only similarly sized stone tablets. Further, the tablets don't have typical pages. Instead, the user turns a page by tapping the right side of the tablet to advance the recorded text, or by tapping the left side to move back through the text. So we just found some Kindles. Yes. <laughs> yes, you did. Yo, first of all, who the hell comes up with this shit? And right. second of all, do they say anything? Like, yeah, that's that's the first choice. They... Let's read them and see yeah. what's going on. Sure. Uh, so you activate the stone tablets, and the tablets light up. the The text uh, glows like a candle and is legible even in the dark. So you even got a uh, backlight on these uh, Kindles. <laughs> Amazing. Sweet. <laughs> That's the new version. You got to pay extra for that. <laughs> um, the words that appear appear to be the haunting, agonizing screams and desperate last words of the Golden Claw 
soldiers whose corpses now litter this room. Like, these tablets were just left on record, and they'd be in Razatlani, so Uhtred would be able to read them. I don't know if Valbar has, like, comprehend languages or something like that, but... Um, Uhtred has tongues, right? Yes. Yep. But that, that doesn't let him read, I don't think. Oh, tongues is only verbal. Yeah, so uh, you would just read, like, it just seems like a bunch of, you know, foreign script. But as it said, uh, anything that's not like a word is still phonetically spelled out. So a bunch of a bunch of words that you can't understand, uh, just spaced between, like just spelled out screams of terror and agony. <laughs> I mean, yeah, a little less a little less goofy than that, but yeah, that's. Uh... I see an A with eighteen H's. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well that sucks. What are these corpses? What are they like? Are they fresh? Are they... You can give me a heel check. They were... Okay, yeah, heel check from Felice. That makes sense. I got a good one, too. 43. How well thought out of you to give Felice a bunch of the ranks and heel. <laughs> Pretty smart. Pretty much a doctor at this point. Yeah, 40, 43. Holy shit. Uh, these bodies appear to be about a month old. Maybe a little bit more. Okay, so there's probably no saving them. I'm just kidding. <laughs> not, yeah, probably not. No, but you could probably tell us what they ate right before they died and what time <laughs> of day it was. I officially call their death. Looks like time of death. <laughs> One month ago. <laughs> Does that seem to line up with what we know of when Nessie got here? Yeah, um, you know that. Based on what Mariana said, you know that Nasistravek arrived shortly after um, Gallowspire was blown up when Tarbafon first escaped. So this would have happened shortly after the destruction of Vigil, actually. Yeah, so it's it's hard to pin down exactly um, when this would have happened, but based on your understanding of the timeline of Tarbafon's movements and therefore Nessie coupled with what Mariana has told you it does seem like it lines up with what she's told you and what were they wearing? there was some jaguar pelt? that seems pretty classy yeah these guys uh, they're pretty pretty good uh, pretty good team uniforms I'll take them just to be sure you know not gonna yep. defile the corpses but like just, <laughs> just leave them naked also we should go through their loot I'll put them in the corner, you know, having them hold each other's hands like um, I would want someone to do with me. Do they have anything on them? I'll just uh, go over their uniforms again. Uh, torn jaguar pelts over damaged armor. Uh, so it looks like they got pretty pretty fucked up uh, either you know, during or after their death. Does it look acidy? I mean, yeah. They're, uh, you, can, you can see what look... Like, uh, you can see some evidence of what looks like acidic burns, but most of the damage on the corpses seems to be done by, uh, like, razor-sharp claws, but not dragon-sized claws, like, hmm. like, maybe, like, like, leopard-sized or, you know, jaguar-sized, but probably not these jaguar guys. Jaguar-sized. Okay. Yeah, so I spend some time stripping them down, putting them in, a friendly position with each other like mm-hmm. they're you know 
embracing each other in the corner. And uh, I guess we should take these tablets too. Are they really big? Will they fit in the sack? Yeah, I mean, it's we've been joking about it, but they're about the size of like like an e-reader, like a okay, perfect Amazon Fire or something like that. Marina might be interested in it, you know. Maybe she'd do some translating, or maybe it's someone she knows last words. Yeah, I'm sure at the very least this is like valuable context as to what happened here. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Uh, you don't see any magical auras on the corpses. Uh, like they they must have had weapons with them, but they don't appear to have those weapons currently. And you don't see any uh, like magical items on their persons or on the floor it is possible that something or someone yeah something or someone came and looted the bodies at some point hey uh what's the what's it sound like in here is it just that rustling tree or like just eerie silence yeah the rustling tree was only for a moment when utra touched it yeah um it's it's pretty quiet um when you you know when you guys walk around or speak, it is kind of echoey. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty still, pretty quiet. All right. So our genus continues to cast a uh, symbol of scrying. Does anybody have any other business to attend before he finishes? Uh, before he finishes, I'm going to use my scabbard to put key in on Valo. Okay. And that lasts for I think a half hour. 50 minutes. I think it's 5 minutes per level capped at 10 levels max. I think it's 10 minutes per level and it's a caster level 5th item. Could be that too. Either way, I do but remember it being 50 the number minutes. Is 50. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, Valbar wants to keep checking these like perimeter rooms around around the central chamber while Arginus is casting. Okay. And everybody else uh, follows Valbar or stays with Arginus? Probably follow yeah, Valbar. Valbar definitely working together. If he's if he's going to be peeking his head into uh, undiscovered areas, better to be closer to him. And our genus is always uh, fine by himself. Nothing can go wrong leaving him over there on the other side of the room. <laughs> yeah, he's within earshot. Unsupervised is his middle name. <laughs> All right, so you guys uh, travel to the southwestern room. Several stone benches are stacked against the southern wall of this room. Two small stone tables sit beside the stack, and a large mirror rests against one of the tables. A hallway leads out to the northeast where you come from. What's with these mirrors? Why Why mirrors? You Is gonna go investigate? On that? Yeah, I could take a closer look at the mirror. Yeah, we should take a look. Alright, uh, you take a closer look at the mirror, and uh, they seem to be constructed of a durable polished steel you know what uh when you were detecting magic earlier the mirror in the northwestern room and if you were to do it again in this room uh this mirror as well they do uh radiate a faint divination aura uh that i could let you guys roll spellcraft on yep i'll do that about one or two um just give me one 37 uh i assist 10 they look like they once operated as a communication system within the pyramid, but it looks like time and a lack of maintenance has left them inoperable. All right, so uh, no treasure or horrifying uh, 
tablets recording the last dying words of of a bunch of men in this room. Yeah. You know, well, that's good. But yeah, the mirrors seem to hold some sort of latent magic that used to enable them to uh, do something that would allow communication. Probably like a, you know, you step in front of the mirror, you like, you know, I'm gonna start a conference call with, uh, you know, room D7, and then the mirror in D7 would light up, and you could like talk back and forth to the people in there who could talk back to you. Interesting. All right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, on to the next room. Next room. Da-da-da. Okay. Um, so you go to the southeastern room, and the floor of this room is shallowly indented like a large bowl. Eight large mirrors line the wall at slightly different angles, each reflecting the others. A short passage leads out of this room to the northwest where you came from. Um, Also, there is a corpse uh, kind of propped up, like in a sitting position, uh, on the northern wall. I'll handle it. Hmm, interesting. I was going to say maybe don't touch it, but... Let the heel boy check it out. That's a 40. So Thalias enters the room uh, to inspect this corpse, and a thing happens. Uh Uh-oh. With a gush of wind and a low ghostly moan, an incorporeal figure appears. Ah, fuck. This incorporeal figure appears to match the appearance of the corpse that you were just about to inspect, and and Uhtred you would understand the words spoken by this incorporeal man. So he he appears and he looks at you all and he says, You, I don't know who you are, but you must release me so that I may take another swing at that foul dragon. Was he talking to me? He's talking to all of you. Uh, foul dragon, that's, that's actually why we're here. I've been meaning to talk to you about that. Where is this foul dragon? Oh, you actually you can't understand him. Uh, only oh, only Danny, you're can. right. I I was working on my ventriloquism. <laughs> <laughs> well, continue. Continue. I I can't. I'm bound to this room. You must release me. And how 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 are we to do that? You guys can give me a perception check. Okay. Thirty one. 31. 34. So I mentioned that there were, I think, eight mirrors uh, lining the wall in this room. And as as this ghostly man is speaking to you, you can see uh, faint reflections kind of shifting in the mirrors. You can you see that there are uh, like in the in the eight mirrors are faint reflections uh, moving and shifting. And with your perception checks, uh, you can see that each mirror uh, reflects this man. It seems to... It seems like the mirrors are kind of displaying various moments of his life in this pyramid. And each mirror shows uh, either him with his... uh, Him with, like, other warriors... Uh, retreating from battle or uh, one of the warriors dying or him like missing uh, a critical uh, 
spear thrust. They, they all seem to be uh, reflecting various degrees of failures that he uh, experienced since uh, coming to this pyramid. You're not sure what he means by he's stuck in this room, you need to release him, but the reflections in this mirror do seem to be, uh, you know, that ghosts tend to only be able to stray so far from whatever's anchoring them to the material plane. Maybe there's something to these mirrors and his imprisonment, but you're really not sure what to make of that. Do the mirrors show us? Or right now they're just showing those scenes? They seem to be reflecting as normal, but kind of like very lightly imposed over what the mirrors are naturally reflecting. You can see these other uh, faded reflections. Well, I defer to Uhtred. Uh, What the hell's going on? Can I make some kind of knowledge check to deduce like how I would release his soul? You mean like make him move on or release be able to let him leave from this room? Uh, either I guess. I, mean, I, w- I would like to if it's possible I mean I would acquiesce his request of you know freeing him so he can take another shot at it. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Uh, you can give me a knowledge religion check. Um, Knowing how to set a ghost free to let them move on is usually something that you can't just inherently know. It's usually something you need to research or it's context you know, otherwise, clues or yeah. yeah, information gather in some in some way. But you can knowledge religion all the same. Yeah, twenty eight and a twenty four. Right. Um, I don't know how much context Valbar would have or Thalias for for these checks because Uhtred hasn't. Uh, to my understanding, Uhtred hasn't really uh, been translating so far. He's just He just kind of asked, he just said, like, go on, and then let him finish. Correct. All right, so with a 28, you think that the mirrors are in some way tethering him to this room, but you're not sure what to do about it and you know, how, how they're doing it. He wants us to release him so he can go after Nessie again. Uh, again? Very well. Uh, Valbar is just going to step up to the mirrors and start breaking them one by one. God damn it. <laughs> All right. The the ghost, he seems like he is on a razor's edge of allowing you to move about this room and just attacking you. He is, like, so fucking anxious. Like, like Uhtred said, he wants another go at... Nessie, and it seems like he wants it so bad that he's prepared to just like attack anybody who even hesitates on letting him do that. So, actually, I'd like anybody who enters this room to give me a diplomacy check. Uchi gets a plus 10 bonus for being able to speak Resident Lanny, but I don't know if that will help much. Oh, it helps a lot. Uh, Valbar got a 36. Wow. Uh, 22 for him, old. Tea bag. Uh, Utrigan 18. Well, it's a good thing you found this Valbar guy because his, uh, <laughs> he's just so personable. Like, Thalias, like, you, you take, like, maybe, like, take another step and it just looks like he, like, that guy's like, if, if he, if his foot leaves the ground, I'm just gonna fucking attack. And, like, so maybe you hesitate for a second and Valbar steps past you and just something about the way this guy's moving or 
like just the way he carries himself. Uh, this this man seems to still be on that razor's edge, but is able to restrain himself while Valbar goes and starts smashing mirrors. When the last mirror is smashed, uh, he he turns to Valbar and Uhtred, you would hear him say, Bless you, small man. Uh, and then he kind of like turns and like faces like just the pyramid in general with his ha- with like his arms like his fists raised and he says he says for, for my people, people Nasistravek I will have vengeance and then he just kind of like he like rises up for a second and then just does a flip and dives right through the floor and he's gone god damn it <laughs> I believe that Spectre is going to be eaten in short order. <laughs> but he deserved the opportunity. Immediately after Valbar says that, you hear a distant but very loud roar coming from deeper in the pyramid. You can faintly hear the sound of, like, you know, just dragon attacks. Like, you hear, like, claws, like, slapping against the floor and, like, a the the swish of an enormous tail through the air. It almost seemed like we had an element of surprise, um, but then this guy was like, <laughs> hold my beer, <laughs> going in. Um, you guys can make perception checks, actually. And our, our, yeah, I would our genius, that. you can be part of this round of perception checks. Oh, geez. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, that's a 44 for Valbar. Wow. That's a 25. E 26. Uh, Valbar, the, the, the echoey nature of this pyramid, it kind of, it makes it kind of difficult to pinpoint where these roars are coming from, but you're pretty sure that there's just like, you, you don't know what the layout might be, but if you were to try to squeeze your way, uh, past this tree that's growing through this hole, it would just lead you directly to the source of those roars. Okay. That's uh, not out of the realm of possibility here. So, did this guy take his body, or his body's still there? Uh, he there was a uh, there was a spear on the ground that the ghost grabbed uh, okay. before he uh, before he left. But then, then he was actually able to like pick it up. It was like a physical spear, but he uh, and but he was able to still uh, hold it like he as if he wasn't a ghost. But the spear was left behind when he uh, when he phased through the ground. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sorry. I left out some treasure that you guys bypassed. Oh, we didn't bypass. <laughs> well, I mean, you did because I failed to mention it. Um, in the lecture hall, the second room that you visited... So it didn't it didn't specify in the room description, so I, I missed it. It's like at the bottom of the of the of the notes for the room. But in addition to the uh, like the corpses littering D four the the northwestern room that you found those tablets in, there are several corpses in the southeastern room as well. Um, and on those corpses, there are a couple magic items. Sweet. Um, most of the gear of the soldiers are just too damaged, uh, but there is an acid scarred plus two short spear and a dented iron ring of protection plus two. That'll buff out. Yeah. 
Yeah, there was no usable gear on the corpse of the ghost that seems to be currently fighting Nessie. Um, but the spear he left behind is a plus two ghost touch holy short spear. Sweet. I pick that up and put it in the old Sakaru. Uh, right. It might even be worth you directly using it when you fight a ghost. Yeah. Especially yeah. since most incorporeal undead are going to, by default, be evil. So that holy will be an extra 2d6. Ghost touches full damage. Uh, yeah, the shovel is sweet, though. It is a sweet shovel. <laughs> yes, thematically, but I think it'll <laughs> be okay for like a random encounter here and there. Thematically, you're not as cool. But what if I need it? <laughs> I'm not telling you to throw it in the garbage. <laughs> I'm just saying, under these very specific what if he, circumstances... What if he gets jealous? <laughs> I see your point. I see your point. Yeah, I'll, I'll keep that on, on me instead of in the in the sack. All right. So what do you guys do now? Probably check that final room and then go down one of the stairs. <laughs> or, or... Meet up with Arginus. Oh, no. Arginus came with us for this one, right? No, he's still... He's still casting. He just—I oh, thought he made a. He oh, also heard this very shit. loud dragon roar. Oh, <laughs> yeah. okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So you are now at the northeastern room, and this large room holds stone benches lined up in rows, with a small dais in the northeast corner. A small stone podium bearing complex geometric carvings stands on the end of the dais. Several armored corpses lie slumped about the room, each wearing cloaks of acid-pitted jaguar fur. A hallway leads out of the room to the southwest next to a large mirror where you are standing. Okay. Any fat loot you want to give us from this room? Nope. Because this is the room that had the plus two short spear and the ah. ring of protection plus two. Gotcha. So the book was actually being correct <laughs> this... and I was being the stupid one. This does look like a lecture room compared to the other. Although... Yeah. That's the new, okay. that's the new renovated lecture room as opposed to... Yeah, that was the old one. Southwest, yeah, the old, the beat-up lecture room. And, yeah, it's probably been, like, seven minutes since Arginus first started casting. You guys, uh, you were able to explore these four rooms, have a a nice little uh, conversation with with a ghost who uh, then went and raised the alarm for you. But, yeah, Um, at this point, the the roars, uh, it's been... A little less than a minute, but like the roars and the sounds of battle that you heard, they're they're gone. Great success, gone or yeah, I mean, not. I mean, Nessie's probably dead. <laughs> You're almost positive. If I get one more chance at him, <laughs> okay, buddy. I left him with one hit point. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I assume y'all wait for our genus to finish casting. Yeah, that would be wise. Downstairs. Do, right. do both sets of stairs lead downwards? Yes. All right. So Arginus finishes casting a symbol of scrying, and I believe you can kind of code it into the spell that uh, you can like either leave a password or you can set like a, like a creature type or maybe even like an alignment, I think, to kind of like whitelist the the symbol to not so like if you guys came back to this room it wouldn't activate and be like somebody's near this the scrying sensor uh but if like anybody else went near it it would activate should i just 
set it to anything that comes into this room? Everything except the Phrasma uh, 4. Yeah. Um, anything that comes into this room, uh, obviously I'd want to know about it. You know what? I'm going to do undead. So, okay. so it only triggers if an undead enters this room? Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I assume this is mostly to make sure we can see that Tsitsi Meedle coming if it comes back at us. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So our genus finishes casting and he kind of he just places his palm against the northern wall of this room and the symbol kind of like snakes its way out from beneath his uh, beneath his palm and like once it it's kind of like like dark script but as soon as it like fin- it like completes it all kind of like glows momentarily in this like lit up glyph before setting back into place against the northern wall now before anybody gets a uh brings up the idea that uh, this thing costs a thousand gold pieces I don't have to do that I got a what is it my feet allows me to do that yeah your harrower feet I believe Uh, I think I took a feat that allows me to uh, specifically with divination spells is that why it took you ten minutes to draw you're drawing it with your feet yeah (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, it's there but uh, it can't be. You're telling me Tom's using two things that are specific to his class in <laughs> one session? Uh, no, it doesn't look like that's it. No, I think part I of your took archetype. it. No, I think I took it. <laughs> Watch, Tom didn't take this feed. I know. Like, I drew I, all this oh, attention to it. It's, it's fortune teller. <laughs> ah, okay. Fortune teller. Okay. All right. Yeah, because you use a uh, you use like your harrow deck as the material as like a focus instead of an expensive material component on divination spells something yep, like that yep, yep. yeah as long as the cost is no more than a thousand gold and this is a thousand gold so right on that line yep that's navigating the the tax system for you <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know you could probably uh you could probably find someone to pay you for work like that <laughs> Or genus. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't have to be doing whatever the hell else you were doing. Make some real fucking money. <laughs> Charge people $1,000 in order to spy on people. <laughs> well, you'd have to give them a discount. Do I? I say jack oh, it up. How good are you? 2,000 gold. <laughs> All right. So down the stairs. To down the stairs. And hopefully not our death. Going down the northern stairs or the southern stairs? Uh, Northern Stair, I would think. And before we do that, uh, I'm going to cast Greater Invisibility. Is that crazy? I just got this feeling that there's a dragon down there that wants to uh, rip me apart. That's metagaming. Maybe it would be better if, <laughs> if it couldn't see me. <laughs> Sounds good. And we'll see you next week on the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. I wasn't ready for that. See ya. See ya. See ya. See ya.